welcome back to another episode of AB Side Podcast. I'm Ben and I'm here with Ansi. Woo, hey guys. How's it going? <laughs> no response. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could have responded on behalf of them. No. Sorry, we're, we're doing great. Woo. Uh, <laughs> that was so not you. Since when does Ben do a woo? Okay. Like Ansi you want me does. To do it? Okay, fine. <laughs> so yeah, we're not doing natural. All right. Anyhow. We're fine. Feedback from last week. There was a listener that we had um, who I recommended listening to the show. He doesn't normally listen to the show, but it was on the topic of money. And um, he is part of the finance. Like he does, he does finance for his work. So he loves the topic of money. So he he mentioned how um, he strongly disagrees with the suggestive flaunting money by designer clothes with people in ministry, which I thought was an interesting point. And then I realized, actually, what if, and then another person asked me as well, what if it's a gift to someone in a ministry? Yeah, hang on. So just to be fair, he's he's, disagree- he's agreeing with what we said. Yes, he's agreeing with what he said, yeah. What we said about, like, people in ministry flashing designer stuff. But actually, there's a lot of people in ministry that have been gifted with those things or has, yeah, just been blessed somehow and maybe spending 60 pounds on footwear is more long-standing like it's more worth it i love love how your (laughs) your expensive threshold for shoes we talked about this last week right yeah we did it's 60 pounds or maybe a hundred or a designer designer jacket or something that you know will last yeah no like these are like yeah like expensive trainers cost like like hundreds of pounds up to like thousands of pounds oh my bad my bad so this is like (laughs) yeah we're talking about a level above above that right like i've never even seen that like i've never been to a shop that sells trainers that sell for a a grand they'd be locked away wouldn't they it's all special editions and stuff right there'd be long queues i wouldn't even bother queuing up for that shop yeah so i think i think it it maybe comes down to you know, like like some of our kids' clothes that we've been gifted from, like handed down from various friends and stuff, are um like Ralph Lauren, hmm. and like it it it's such a it doesn't it doesn't make a difference to us because we don't like we don't we're not even aware like there's probably other designer clothes, but that's like the only designer that I'm aware of, right? So there's probably other logos in there that are like that would retail for more, like double the price of a regular kids like t-shirt or whatever but we don't know that because we just don't pay enough attention to that thing you know so because i feel like with with clothing it's it's about the label that you're wearing right Mm. and if you don't if you don't put a value in that label then it doesn't matter right Mm. but here's the thing right i've heard people say to me oh is it true that in order to be a leader in the church you have to have an apple product (laughs) i said that's not true yeah because that's that's the way we it's not true it's not true in order to be in the in club but it just so happens that majority of us do use apple products p.s this podcast is not sponsored in any way by apple or um yes so just just to let you know this is not a spawn or an ad I mean, so I was just about to say something that that goes along with that. Like, I would like to wear clothes that are comfortable and I guess look like flattering. Hmm. Um, But I don't care about having a label because a label like makes it about something else. So I want 
I want technology that that has nice design and that I know how to use and that that works. So that's I think and that's that's my rationale behind um yeah, Apple products. I wasn't originally with Apple by the way, guys. I was originally Android until my phone got nicked and then I had to settle for our pastor's um old 3GS iPhone because he needed to get in touch with me and I was perfectly fine with the dumb phone as a backup but nope <laughs> then I got lured to the iPhone and now I'm stuck <laughs> can't change back but um going back to the feedback what my friend said the one that works in finance he said that um sometimes he feels like there's external pressure that you know people in ministry should suffer because um yeah we work in ministry therefore it's one of the reasons why ministry people are poorly paid because they think oh they don't they don't need to splash out i thought that was an interesting point yeah and even even just talking about apple products i felt like i had to defend like my use of expensive technology at that point and i felt a little bit like oh are people going to be judging us based on the fact that we're not like using like 10 year old computers well think of it this way right if if we have rubbish technology we're going to produce some rubbish content are you still going to rock up to church with rubbish content i don't know but then i guess it's the case of oh maybe maybe it shouldn't be about our powerpoint slides being all video game theme and like yeah, no, the instruments that we play microsoft powerpoint is actually pretty good is it coming from the teaching world yeah it didn't used to be anyway um <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. a tool, right? Like it's if you tool. see it as a it yeah, I think the problem with the the difficulty with Apple products is they can also be used as a status symbol, but um for me at least it's all about the the technology, not the not the um like oh, I've got the latest like trend. To be honest, I use products to the death until they die. Like I really do. Maybe or maybe I just don't know how to take care of them. But it is a tool to be used, in my opinion. It just so happens to be a good tool that I've been gifted with. Um, so, yeah. I, but it is an interesting point how that's one of the reasons why ministry people get paid very poorly. It's sad. Why do you think people in ministry get paid poorly? Because it's assumed that people don't think there's a need to pay people in ministry highly. Yeah, I I, I feel like it's... um. It's kind of maybe a two-part thing because it's, on one hand, it's uh, trying to make your money go as far as possible. Yes, I the agree. The churches don't often have tons of cash flowing around. But I guess the other flip side is when you are trying to spread that money as far as possible, any money that you're not paying to your um, your pastor or your ministry team is money that can go ostensibly to a, a better cause, in air quotes. Um, you know, like it could go to feed the, the poor or yes. the hungry. like um so it's it's yeah it's you wouldn't want someone to be overpaid and you brought up the point um about john piper like capping his his salary i think that's or capping the salary for everyone in his church yeah but he it was only because the people below him wanted to increase their pay well the the, the staff wanted to increase um Sorry, the payment people wanted to increase the staff of the lower people under John Piper, but they said they couldn't increase their pay because it would then be the same as John Piper's level. 
and and to them it doesn't seem it doesn't make sense so obviously everybody should go up incrementally as well as John Piper and then John Piper was like no you can increase theirs but don't increase mine because I've got enough which I thought was really interesting but going back to like designer goods and like gifts and things like that people do give it to me but I am still very reluctant to have those things because I have been judged like oh why is this church worker got like a Chanel handbag do you know what I mean? So I'm really scared to even carry those things because then it's like, oh, I, there's no need to support the church because look at how she's splashing her cash. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's it's really sad when that happens because, yeah, people do judge you, but how do you know it's not a gift? Wow. I'm impressed that you have been gifted a Chanel handbag. Well, I just declined it, didn't I? No, okay. (laughs) Declined it because, A, I didn't want to carry it out. Yeah, things like that. It's hard. It's really hard being in ministry sometimes um, because you do get a lot of judge and slack for how you present yourself. And that can be another topic for another day, how you present yourself and what you wear. Outer appearances. Maybe we should talk about that next time, Ben. Oh, that's yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Anyhow, is that it with the feedback? Did you get any more? No, I think that's it. All right, let's play some jingle music. Ansi. Yeah, Ben. Have you seen the Avengers? No. Endgame? Oh. Come on, you used the word endgame in our like conversation before this. Everyone when I was mentions endgame. Yeah, but I thought you were setting it up for today's topic. No. Did, does everyone die? No, it's quite an I don't I don't want to go there if you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't about know what you're talking about. It will take me like five minutes to explain the thing that we're trying it's to do. It's okay. At. I'm sure if I have time, I will catch up. Because somebody just got Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. You start that Marvel marathon. Oh, dear. No, Although I've need, got a job to, to do. To our, our, um, yeah, our entertainment episode before you decide which ones you're allowed to watch. <laughs> Everything in moderation. Is it life-giving? <laughs> P.S. Have you done your life-giving list? Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, Sorry. Tisk, tisk. What's on yours? Uh, I haven't either, so... <laughs> Excellent. Good. We've. I did, however, last Monday um, keep a proper sabbath or not proper but i made a much more concerted effort that's good um, than before and it was really nice and it Bravo. wasn't all about it wasn't all just about like reading the bible um oh, yeah. but it was more about keeping those things that i thought were not helpful away from me so like i left my phone in my bedroom most oh of the day did you like that. that's yeah. really good well done yeah yeah, yeah I, it was good um and i hope to enjoy that this week okay so because you haven't watched avengers i have to ask you this generic question instead um do you prefer to plan things or do you are you more spontaneous so when it comes down to planning things i like to plan things but not to the t like there should be room for spontaneity within those plans as well like flexibility i would call it spontaneousness refers to like you're totally 100% laid back you're up to, you know, oh, yeah, do you want to do a road trip to Scotland today? 
no, I would not like to do a road trip to Scotland because that requires a level of planning. That's going to take, what, five hours to drive? Six hours from Birmingham? And like, and then I'd have to, you know, do my research, check the weather, wear appropriate clothing and footwear and, and like, do you know what I mean? So like, I'm like, no, because I've got chicken defrosted and yeah, I can't just leave my defrosted chicken. What a waste. (laughs) So yeah, there is a level of planning in my life. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like you're more of a planner. But within that plan day, there will be moments where, yeah. I'm up for like, oh, Andy, do you want to go for a walk around the corner? I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll do that now. I'm free. Okay. Do you have a a plan for, like, do you have a five-year plan? Ooh, five-year plan. No. Do you know why? Why? Because anything can happen. <laughs> okay. Um, because anything can happen. I feel like... Maybe it's a female thing. Just maybe. I think when you ask someone who is not married, um, what's your five-year plan? Like, anything can happen. You know, I could meet someone. I could I could marry them and then get pregnant. And then anything can happen, you know? And, or... Or I could, God could t- suddenly tell me to leave Birmingham and go go overseas and do mission work or or quit my job or whatnot. Like, anything can happen. That's why I'm not the type of person to plan five years ahead. Yeah, it's dangerous. Are you? Um, Not really. I think sometimes I will put down... Um, actually, I have a few reminders in, in, like, my reminders app to go off in, like, two or three years' time. Like, wow. oh, look into this thing that you thought about, or look at that. Um. Oh, yeah. Like, as a family, we we said, oh, we need to move house within, like, in five years. Uh, or after five years, we will move house. That That's the time, really? time scale for us to, yeah, because... But it's different, will, though, will... Ben, because you've got more people to account for, right? Yeah, exactly. And that those are not firm plans. They're just things that we would, that we're kind of heading towards for the minute, although it could change. Yeah. But you still have an idea of a plan, though. Whereas I feel like you have to have some idea as a family. But then if you go back to when you were, I don't know, before... Well, actually, I can't really say, because then before you met Mandy, you were, what, 15? Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I remember having this conversation with a friend over lunch, um... And his question to me was, Anzi, where do you see yourself in three years' time? Three years is more reasonable than five. Five years, a lot can happen. Um, but I, I was honest. I said, I don't know. Anything can happen. Like, really? Like, as a, as a female, a lot can change. Within Why as a female? You because, said that twice now. Because as a female, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Why can't, why can't that happen to men? Uh, maybe it's because... Oh, how do I put this? Hmm. I could suddenly have a baby. Yeah, so, well, a man wouldn't be pregnant, but he could also have a child. <laughs> if if you're in a committed relationship, sure. If, if, if you're in a committed relationship, and as long as the man is being responsible, 
Do you know what I mean? Yes, but I but fundamentally, if a woman was pregnant, at, you know, without getting married, her future's changed, right? Given if, you know, there is a man in the scene or not. Um, so I think anything can happen for a woman. Um, whether as I feel like for men, maybe men are more driven. Not to say that women aren't driven, but I feel like there is, for women, there is a a possibility of, you know, I could get married at some point. Whether as men, men may, they may or may not married? think about it. What? 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 Men, men make up 50% of a marriage. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. But I feel like there's more, not to say women aren't driven again, but... I don't know. A lot of my female friends that are of a later age, you know, there is an element of waiting around. <laughs> oh gosh! Wow. Have you spoken to a man before? There's or a, yeah. Oh, well, they're a looking. Male. Yeah, I guess so. But they're still Ma- men are always looking. Yeah. But they're still single men. Single men. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a safe save. Um, but I still feel like men. They will want to climb the ladder they'll want to be you know career focused and driven whether it's for women you know there is an element of i will go forward in my career i will serve i will you know be relational and yeah i don't know it's a bit of a tricky one why don't you don't agree no i'm just surprised by um there's a lot that more women a... that will stand back and and not be as adventurous. Maybe not are all. Are we talking about? Are we just talking about relationships here? Oh gosh, is that is that the subtext of this conversation? I don't is know. Is that what you're thinking about? But in terms of the future, anything can happen. Like seriously. No, I know, but that's true for a man, surely. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I'm just intrigued. We'll we'll look forward to the feedback on uh on that on relationships. But, well, yeah, women are more standing back we'll we'll see if anybody disagrees with that but well, maybe it's just me i'm gonna say no comment no comment well you can't speak on behalf of the women so well i might get some angry women that are upset with what i just said no Anzi. Say, please send us your feedback to abside at the bcc.org.uk it'll be like no anzi you need to be strong you need to be you know just drive forward yeah true but i feel like the moment you are quite driven and so focused on your career you disregard some element of looking maybe i don't know we're talking about relationships yeah we're talking about relationships well why are we going back to this topic no i was just trying to figure out the the, your angle but i get it now yeah future wise we don't know okay i don't know um do you have any plans for the future nope the only plan i have is to continue doing god's work until he calls me home. <laughs> That's really holy. Well done. But it's true, though, Ben. It should be true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Um, You're not digging at me. But no, that's yeah. But yeah. it should be that answer. Like, and I genuinely mean it. Yeah, and you know, like we can, we can, we can plan things around how we think God wants us to live our lives. Mm. But those plans have to be held loosely, I guess. Mm. We talked about this verse in James last week, right? When we're talking about money. Yeah. Uh, I think it's appropriate as when we're talking about like, going to cities and planning and go from place to place, make some money. 
Yeah, James 4.13. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a place and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Exactly. That's why I'm really hesitant to be like, oh, yes, so um, my two-year goal is this, my five-year goal is this, my 10-year goal is this. No. The moment you start mentioning those things and if it doesn't happen, how are you going to like save your, like, how are you going to back up a bit? Do you know what I mean? So I have, I know people that are like that. Oh yeah, I'm going to go to this place um, next year. I'm just preparing my goodbyes now. And it's like nine months before. And then six months later, I'm like, oh, are you still going? No, that didn't work out. Like what? But yet you were telling the world and, and, you know, about your big dreams to do this thing. So I'm not, I'm never that keen on, you know, these big plans. And then I know plans change, but sometimes it's safer to not like. Is there a danger if we don't plan for anything that nothing gets done, that we kind of stagnate though? Possibly. I think I think the word you shouldn't use, well, you shouldn't use, oh, I plan, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But rather, you should change your language to be, I hope to do this one day. Well, yeah, the, I mean, the verse in James, if the Lord wills, you should say, if the Lord wills, yes. we will live and we will do this or that. Yes. So I would usually say, if I'm planning to do something, so the last time I planned to do something was, that was life-changing, was, oh, yeah, I... Hopefully, I'm praying about going to Taiwan, um, leave home and go to Taiwan, Lord willing, you know, and I would always phrase it that way because it's not set in stone, um, you know, still needed to figure out getting flights and and getting a visa and all of that. So nothing is set in stone until the moment you fly and you land, you know, to, to a certain place. I think I think we're in agreement here. Good. But you, you know what's hard, though? <laughs> What is because hard? we always talk about st- hard stuff. The the world is like n- just throwing the opposite message at you, right? What do you mean? Like it's all it's all about like oh you need to be planning planning for the future or like oh in don't worry if you're if you're just starting in a job and you're like twenty because in ten or fifteen years time then you'll have moved up and you'll you will be earning no that's not true salary right what if you get sacked. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's what the world is saying, though. What if your your company goes goes into administration and and like can't afford you anymore, and you get made redundant? Think of all the all the like catering and retail businesses that might have been had plans for expansion mm, in February. Yeah, it's crazy, and I th- I think I think there's more than that. There's just I have the sense that like over the past few years, as I've looked at what's like current events, what's going on in the world that my, not just my, our reliance on like, we assume that these systems, these, these things on earth are, um, are permanent and solid and secure. Mm. And I, I feel like we've just seen like time and time again in the past, I don't know, three or four years that actually all of these things are really flimsy and they're just, it's like the, the wise man built his house upon the rock, right? Or your house is built on sand. Um, 
so just just as I've become aware of stuff, um, it it's it's been, oh yeah, you know, like we can't trust these systems. We can talk about like, oh yeah, well that's probably going to happen, and this is likely, but uh, actually, it's it's all it's I guess vapor. So what about you, Ben? Do you plan for the future? Yeah, I don't. I don't have any solid plans, but I do have maybe some like some dreams or some wishes. Okay. But then they're not necessarily things that I think are going to happen in my life or things that I'm working towards. Sorry, that's really cryptic. I guess I should give you an example. Otherwise, it's a bit like what? Yeah, Ben. Give us an example. Yeah, I'd really like to live. I'd like to live uh, somewhere really remote, like in a forest or. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, oh, it'd be nice to retire somewhere in Scotland. Oh, would you want to um, retire in Scotland? Maybe Scotland, but that's just, just, just one that's place. That's so you know? funny. Okay. You cover Scotland. Yeah. It depends where. In a forest. Okay. Because your wife yeah. reminded me the, the other day. Oh, Anzi, you want to have a and b by the seaside when you retire, don't you? I was like, oh, yeah, I do. You remembered. Yeah. A and b or an Airbnb well, you know, or whatever. You know, if you, wanna, if you, if you were going to return to your roots, Wales is nice too. Uh, yeah, but it's a bit remote though. Oh, I, no, I want to be somewhere remote. Do you? Yeah. It's not really a plan, though. I don't have any... Um, I haven't thought about the practicalities of it. It's just like, oh, that's nice. It's a nice romanticised idea, isn't it, Ben? Yes. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, is, exactly which is what you're all about, an idealist. I'm a realist. Like, what would work best? Yeah. <laughs> Practical. All right. So, you know this verse... Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Yes, I know that verse. Do you feel like it's overused? It's one of those, um, you know, like Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens oh, me. But I love Philippians four thirteen. Yeah, I do too. Because but it I can, mean you can do. Fly, does it? Oh, that's true. Well, I can board the plane. Well, not right now. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that, that you can shoot lasers out of your eyes. No, because there's no technology for that yet. But I can do all things. Well, this is a detour because we're not talking about that verse. Yeah. So uh, Jeremiah twenty nine. In the Jeremiah Yeah, in the Jeremiah twenty nine verse. What's wrong with that verse? So you can read if you take that verse and stick it on a poster without the rest of the context, you can read that and um you know, like Jesus wants me to be rich. We're going back to what we were oh, talking about. Prosperity. Jesus gospel. wants us to be prosperous, and and yeah, actually, me wearing like four hundred pound Yeezys on on stage is is going to um <laughs> is going to communicate that Jesus has has blessed me uh, with this with this wealth, right? Huh. And he wants us all to be rich. You can read it like that. Um, and so I think we can. Yeah, it's it's one of those verses where if you just like grab it without looking at the rest of the context, um. It's dangerous. Sorry, we should cover the context. So this is the message from God, and this is happening while the Israelites are in captivity. And he's saying, look, I have a plan for my people. I have a plan for you. And actually, the plan is that you will find me. You will, you will seek me and you'll find me uh, when you seek me mm. with all your heart. And, and then I will be found um, by you. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will declare you from all the nations and places where I have banished you. 
and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Um, if you want to apply this verse to your life, this is about this is about God redeeming his people. Um, and and there's the whole kind of meta narrative, the whole story of the Bible is really about Jesus coming and and redeeming people once and for all. So um, if you want to apply that verse to you, uh, then that's about your salvation. Right. That's that's about Jesus. That's about like the prosperity that, that the Israelites experience physically is nothing like um, the, the wealth of eternal life. There we go. But here's the deal, right, Ben? Many people, when they're reading the Old Testament, they can't relate to half of the things that are going on. But when you read that verse, verse 11 from chapter 29, and when you read verse 12 and 13, it stands out. Like, it's it's like a gem that's glistening and and shiny. I remember... <laughs> have you ever done this? This is not a... Um... Just because I've done this does not mean that um, that this is a valid way to read your Bible. But have you ever done this where you've you've sat down and you like, God, I don't know what you want to say to me. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to read. And then you go, what? And you randomly open the spine, yeah. a random place, let it fall. Yeah. And then it just so happens that you know your eyes just uh, yeah. you know pop, you kind like, of almost point it. point on the page, right? Um, We've all done yeah, it at some point. I, yeah. Uh, I remember doing this as, I don't know, maybe a teenager or a student uh, and, and finding that verse and being like, oh, this is amazing. Did it work? Like, so it works. great things. I mean, it works. Well, I can look at my life and I can see wealth and prosperity, but that's not like, <laughs> no, maybe not wealth and prosperity. I can see good things and blessings in my life. So um, perhaps in that context, yeah. Because at that point, it becomes more like, it's like you're casting lots and it's really superstitious. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying we should do that. There are times when God does speak, though. It just so happened that this verse came up at the right time. Oh, totally. Absolutely, 100%. For, I, I'm, I'm, this must be true for you as well. It doesn't matter where in the Bible I'm reading. Regularly, there will be things that are specific to like the time, that the thing that I'm going through or the thing that I'm thinking about. Um, so you don't need to flip randomly because God's going to speak to you through whatever it is that you're reading because his whole word is is living and active mm. so yeah you don't need to play yeah i guess it's just like we don't we're, we're overwhelmed by well there's so much to to choose so what you're saying is that god can still speak through any paragraph in the bible right through any chapter yes um, y- yeah yeah, I am. And that. that can apply to your current situation. So why can't I read Jeremiah twenty nine eleven and be like, oh, MG, this totally applies to my life right now because I don't know what the plans are for the future, but here it is. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper, not to harm, plans to give you hope in a future. That to me is words of comfort from the Lord. Yeah, but it's what what is the um what is the hope for the future? Is the hope for the future like is this the kind of verse that that like Job would be reading after he's lost his family and he's reading this and going, oh, cool. It's okay in the end. God's, God's faithful. So he's going to, um, he's going to give me a new wife and a new house. Is, is that the, the, the hope that. Actually, Job didn't know for that. No, exactly. Right. Didn't know that uh, was going to happen. This was probably written after Job. Um, but. Yes. Is, is it that? Is it like when we're, when we're, um, 
when we're like poor students and we haven't got a job yet, we can read this verse and go, oh yeah, God's going to make me into a, a millionaire. So that's okay. Mm, I don't think it's, then that's bordering on prosperity. Bordering, yeah. Pros- pros- yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> prosperity. Um, but no, because what you just said, Ben, doesn't make sense because one minute you're like oh yeah it's uh the context uh you can't take it out of context you need to look at it all um i don't like it when people take it just this verse and then you said oh yeah actually when you're reading the passage god can really speak to you through these verses and blah blah oh yeah but you still have to know what it is he's saying right so in that verse the plans are plans for the salvation of the world and if that doesn't give you hope then uh like I don't know, I don't know what what is going to give you hope. So, are you saying that sometimes we we think of the hope in an individualistic type sense, as opposed to the eternal perspective of the hope being built on Jesus Christ? No, it's still individual, right? Like it's still um, God has planned for for you. No, no, no. To as in, that. like, as in, like, because you mentioned, oh yeah, for a poor student, one day I'm going to be a millionaire. I mean. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, I don't think... How is how is a millionaire going to be, like, all about Jesus, though? No, that's what I'm saying, yeah. So I don't think that's what yeah. God's saying. So I guess the differentiation is the eternal perspective of Jesus Christ being our ultimate hope, as opposed to, oh, things are going to be hunky-dory in the future. Yeah, yeah, the prosperity is Jesus. And, and it even says in the verse, like, you'll find me if you seek me with all your heart. So if your heart's set on some other kind of prosperity, then you're not going to find him, right? I guess. So, yeah, listeners, reminder, don't take scripture out of context. Yeah. That's partly why I'm I'm not keen on um certain devotionals when they only mention certain Bible passages. Yeah, right. I like to read things in its all entirety. It's tricky, isn't it? Because like we we, we talked about tricky. Philippians 4:13. I can say that to you and we both know what that means. So, we can use that verse as a single verse. Or we could or I could use that Jeremiah, send that Jeremiah verse to you, and you would know what it meant. I would know yeah. what it meant, but not everyone does, because not everyone reads the Bible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. But what's funny is, when I first discovered Philippians 4.13, it wasn't just that verse, it was the whole context. Yes, exactly. And that's why that summary verse, verse 13, meant so much, because I knew of the context, and I felt the context, because I lived it. <laughs> right. Okay, so Auntie, we, we we're talking about this topic because we had a, a question from one of our listeners. Uh, can you can you summarize it? So the question is from one of our listeners: Can you lose your salvation? He gave the example of like in the last battle written by C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia. Susan stops believing in Narnia despite having being there and ruling it. Yeah, right. Um, you've not read the last battle, have you? No. It's so good. Like, I picked this up uh, in preparation for the show. I've got it here. This is the book that I read when I... This is my, my childhood copy. Yeah, so I picked it up and I was just looking for the, for the passage and I just read, like, two pages. Um, and I just... It made me feel emotional and um, just full of hope and uh, just excited. That's good. It's so good. You should read it. It's only... Okay. But I don't want to read just the final book without reading everything else in its entirety. Yes. Maybe I'll listen to it. I'm better at listening than reading yeah, nowadays, do it. which is really sad. 
do it. it I mean, it's a children's book, done. so I think you'll be fine either way. Anyway, yeah. So, so in in the book, in the last battle, it's it's the end of the world, and um, all of the characters from the previous books are, are all kind of there with Aslan, who is who represents Jesus, and um, and they notice that that Susan, one of the uh, one of the children from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, isn't isn't there with them, and they uh, they ask this question: Where is Queen Susan? Um, and Peter says, "My sister Susan, shortly and gravely, is." No longer a friend of Narnia. Uh, yes, said Eustace, and whatever you've tried to get her to come back and talk about Narnia or do anything about Narnia. She says, what wonderful memories you have. Fancy you are still thinking about all those funny games we used to play when we were children. Oh, Susan, said Jill. She's interested in nothing nowadays except nylons and lipstick and invitations. She always was a jolly sight too keen on being grown up. And actually, that's the last time she gets mentioned in the book. She doesn't get. Um, they don't. They didn't talk about it anymore. And so this question is is really, uh, yeah. Can you lose your salvation? That example is well, Susan. This this person who has known Aslan, who represents Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. She's been in the country. Convinces herself that that what she experienced was wasn't real. It was just a game. It was just pretend. So so yeah. What do you think? Yes or no? Can you lose your salvation? Yeah, let's do just do a yes or no first and then go from there. <laughs> well, maybe she didn't have a salvation. Okay, let's not talk before. about Susan. We'll come back to Susan. Can one le- lose one's salvation? Define salvation. Oh my goodness. Yes or no, you're like a politician. You define salvation. <laughs> politician i am not a politician i just want to, i just want to ensure that we have a mutual understanding of the word salvation ben what does salvation mean to you, you? tell me <laughs> stop it i asked you first you tell me <laughs> no i asked you first define it for me no please. i want your yes or no answer <sighs> and then that's can, can you lose your it. salvation yeah. what if my answer is yes and no is that your answer what if my answer is that? I don't know. What if your answer is jellyfish? Like That's not a yes or no answer. I'm not going to make a plan for the future until you tell me what your answer is. <laughs> I think... Just yes or no you... first. I think uh, no. Okay. I agree with you. <laughs> right. See you next week, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> You need to justify your answer. Go, Ben, you first. Can you define salvation for me? Oh, you asking me? Yeah. Um, so salvation is being saved through Jesus Christ, who died for you, saved by grace, so that we no longer have um we can we no longer die, but instead we have eternal life with him. So that is salvation. Right, yeah. Salvation from yeah, salvation from death. That means eternal mm-hmm. life. Uh, in mm-hmm. in in communion with with Jesus, yes, with God, with the Holy Spirit. Cool, we're in agreement. Okay, but I want to say yes and no. Okay, go for it. The reason why I say yes, you can lose your salvation, because actually there are people like Susan who has once believed, but chose to give it up. I mean, with a question like this, uh, we can't be like 
it's very easy for us to add our own like spin on on what we think here right so mm-hmm. uh so i think we've, we've got to do it uh through the bible and we can we can still get to your yes and no answer through the bible but so if I give you 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, any, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has the gone. The old has gone. The, the new, new has, has come. come. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, that means that we are not our old sinful selves anymore. Correct. Like, we are not those, those dead bodies walking around. We are a new life, and that makes us children of God. And so if we are a new creation, how can you lose your, your new creation? How can you go back to being the old creation? What if they chose to keep sinning? One John three six. Okay, this is like uh, it's like we're playing playing theology tennis or something. <laughs> but that's the A B side for you. That's why <laughs> our listeners still listen because it's quite funny listening to us, and sometimes we don't see each other's arguments. <laughs> So, 1 John 3, 6, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. So what this passage is talking about, 1 John 3, actually the whole of 1 John um, does talk extensively about, you know, if you are truly saved, you would not keep on sinning. If you had known him, you would, you would be changed. And then we have some people that believe that if you are a, a Christian, if you are a new creation, you can't sin anymore. Right? And it, it <laughs> Do kind we want to go there, kind of, Well, we're there now, so <laughs> it kind of says that, right? Does mm-hmm, it not? Mm-hmm, it does, it does. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the, the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. Okay. Nine. Amazing. You, cap- you capped that with the same phrase, like the way you started, and re- started reading and, and finished reading, you said the same phrase, which was makes a practice of sinning. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's the crux of it, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think this, the same issue comes up in Hebrews 10 as well. Um, I know we're doing a lot of jumping around uh, in scripture today. But I guess it's better oh, than not jumping thing. around in scripture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more more Bible verses in this in this episode than uh, than any of us so far. All of our, all all of our episodes combined. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so Hebrews 10, uh, Christ's sacrifice once for all. Um, in verse 26, it says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, uh, no sacrifice for sin is left. Uh, and it talks about then um, living in fear of, um, of the punishment. Uh, and it talks about uh, that being grieving the spirit, uh, this idea that comes up again in in one John. Um, Yo, I, pause. Yeah, What's grieving the spirit? But grieving the spirit, I think in the, in this context, is um, is choosing to turn away once you have uh, once you have, like it says in Hebrews, once you have received the knowledge of truth. So actively rejecting him, then. Yes. Even though you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good and like Susan, who has been to Narnia and yet goes back to reality and was like, that was all fiction made up. Yeah. Is that grieving the spirit? Yes. And so what, what, what I've struggled with, I'm sure what we've all struggled with if we're mature Christians at some point is, well, you know, like how, what, 
I still sin, like, and I'm, I'm, com- I'm pretty sure that you still sin, and our listeners still sin. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> How do you know that I still sin? Are you pointing a finger at me and I'm saying that sure. I'm a sinner? Pretty sure. That's really judgmental, Ben. No, I'm really isn't. upset with you. No, it isn't. <laughs> one po- one finger pointing at me, three fingers pointing back yeah, at I you. Yeah, I didn't point a finger. I said I'm pretty sure. Anyway. Um, I'm just winding you yeah, up. Yeah, I know. So uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so I know that I still sin. So when we read these verses, we, we kind of are a little bit apprehensive because, wait, what does that mean yeah. for me? Um, does, do I have to be like 100% pure and... Um, and and blameless but actually i think um hebrews 10 is a good example actually because you you need to read don't take the verse out of context again Um, (laughs) it's like that's our theme context Um, because actually in the in the previous passage but the whole chapter um talks about the heading is christ sacrifice wins for all so um verse 14 for once for by one sacrifice jesus has made perfect forever those who are being made holy so this one sacrifice made us perfect forever and it also says we are being made holy so it's like a continual process continual yep and this sacrifice has covered everything Uh, and then skipping down to 19 since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of jesus uh, and then verse 21 since we have a great priest over the house of god let us draw near to god with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings like we should full assurance we should be fully assured we should be fully confident um, confident yeah that we can approach the throne of god because of jesus's blood and that is and, oh yeah sorry then verse 23 let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful um mm. and then it goes on to verse 26 if we deliberately keep on sinning after we receive the knowledge of truth no sacrifice is left and so you can read this and you can say wait do we still have this choice? I mean, we could we could spend some time talking about free will, uh, but I don't think we should. Uh, we've not got time for it. You can spend, you can look at it, and, and you can be thinking about: is this a choice? Or you can kind of look at it as like um, the writer of Hebrews is kind of underscoring his point. He's trying to to kind of say, wait, how can that happen? Because if you truly have understood what it means. Like, why would you ever do that? So it's it's kind of I feel like it's um, like a literary uh, device to to kind of say, wait, no, if we've got this this faith, um, this knowledge of of who Jesus is, and it has to be true knowledge. It's not like what this what this doesn't mean is if you walk past a street preacher once as an atheist and you choose not to ignore ignore him, that's not what grieving the spirit is because you don't know you don't under you haven't tried to comprehend what he's actually saying yeah right yeah um and even if you even if you hear the words oh jesus died for me and you reject those words just as those those words that's not enough i think because you you haven't understood the implications of, of what we're talking about but if you have understood the implications then um is it how can we how can we turn away from that but there's loads of people that we all know that have once been baptized, mm-hmm. okay, declared, you know, their faith out loud, um, and were serving, led worship, and now they just they just don't follow Jesus anymore. Like, what's the deal there? Right, and that's that's who C.S. Lewis is, who Susan is in this in this story. 
she's she's the one that's known Jesus Aslan, um, but she's she's turned away. So, firstly, uh, I think what's what's quite interesting is um, C.S. I did some research into this. C.S. Lewis was asked this question, like someone sent him a letter because they were, uh, I guess, angry about his theology or maybe uh, just didn't. Questions about Susan. Yeah. Why isn't Susan in Aslan's country, which is heaven? And the context that what happens in the last battle is uh, the children end up there because most of them are on this train and there's a train crash. Spoilers. And so at the end of the book, he says, what? They die in a train crash? Yeah, yeah. You just ruined it for me. Thanks, Ben. No, but I was going to read this anyway Spoiler because it's alert. such an amazing quote. Um, but yeah, Aslan <laughs> says, there was a real railway accident. Uh, your father and mother and all of you, you are, as you used to call it, in the Shadowlands. Dead. And so Susan's not on that because she's too busy. Um, I can't remember what, but yeah, basically thinking about makeup and clothes or whatever, whatever that quote was earlier. So she's chosen not to be on the on the train with the rest of them. And so C.S. Lewis wrote a reply to this um, to this fan that wrote him a letter. And he said, I couldn't write this story of whether or not Susan enters into Aslan's country myself, because not that it is that I don't have any hope of her getting there, but because I have a feeling that the story of her journey would be longer and more like a grown up novel than I wanted to write. Mm, It's a fair point. Yeah. So actually. Actually, it's not saying it's not because it's the end of the world of Narnia, but it's not the end of our world. So Susan's still alive while um, while the rest of them have died, which is difficult for her to deal with, right? Like there's grief and um, all that involved. I really like that though because he's acknowledging that you know we it's a complicated situation for yeah. our friends, our brothers and sisters who have professed a love for Jesus, but we've seen step away from the church or step away from from god what are your thoughts i like that i like his um summary because if he did give us an ending of what happened to susan there is no like i sometimes good stories are when you leave the ending unknown with certain characters it's better that way um because for those that are the hopeful kind you want to hope that actually she does come back um to believing but then you know i think i think it's a case of leaving it open-ended and also reminding the reader um not that i've read it yet um that yeah it is a choice you can either decide to follow back or you can turn away as sad as it is but it's the reality of life isn't it i think c.s lewis is not at that point so he's not saying you can decide or not he's saying there's more there's more saying, to her story yeah he's saying we don't know and i haven't like made a statement one way or the other mm. that's fine i'm fine with that because yeah we're sure that her family members made it to heaven Oh, yeah, because it tells us in the book that they're there. Exactly. Well, you just told me anyway. Spoiler. Uh, spoiler. Um, thanks for letting me know. Ruining it. And, well, I figured it would be because it's called The Final Battle and we all know the storyline roughly from the beginning. It's all, yeah, yes. it has to be positive. It's a children's book after all. And yep. it's written by a Christian. But I feel, I feel like, to me, it is a choice for her. 
and her story continues on. Hang on, you just you just said that we can't lose our salvation. Yeah. So. So if if we can't lose our salvation, is it a choice? I guess. Wait. Let's reframe this back to the the question that you asked about our friends that have walked away from the church. Hmm. Because that's really we don't really care about Susan because she's just a, a fictional character. Like the reason but we're asking many this Susans question. Out there, though. Yeah, we're asking this question for the real people that we know who don't call themselves Christians anymore, who outwardly reject Christ. Right. That's why I said yes and no, Ben. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because if you have truly received salvation, now truly, like truly, truly, truly been saved. Yeah. Like. I know in my heart I have been. You know in your heart you have been. Hopefully the listeners have been. But that's currently, right? I mean, there's no way for us to tell truly how seriously somebody is taking, how much how much people are, are really You only listening. know for yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's between you and God. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're asking that question, oh, I'm not sure if I'm saved. If you have understood what Jesus did for you, and accepted that and asked Jesus, like Christian cliche, asked Jesus into your life, um, then yes, you are saved. Like we, do, that we can just draw a line of that because it doesn't matter how far you, you stray on the path. If you know okay, that you've... Hey, but what if about you know if that you, you have doubts? That, doubt is fine, isn't it? Is it? What if the doubts lead, lead you to... Yeah, but we're told from those Bible verses right? Like Christ died once for all. He's making it it's like we are made perfect and he's making us holy, right? So along that journey, there will be wobbles and there'll be slips. But we should rest assured that we're always going to be brought back. We're always going to, we're always going to meet him in heaven. And that's the, that's the confidence of faith that we have uh, to approach the throne of God. Um, so as a personal question, is an easy question to answer. What, mm-hmm. What's much harder and much more um, painful to deal with is what happens, like, why then do I know so many people who used to call themselves Christians that aren't Christians? Yeah. Well, maybe those people weren't truly saved then. That's what, that's what people have said to me. There's two, um, there's two explanations for, for what we see when we see people stepping away from the church. The first one is, is um, okay, well, maybe they never knew Jesus in the first yep. place. Maybe they, they said the words, maybe they got baptised and took communion um, and closed their eyes when they prayed and put their hands up in worship. Um, but maybe they never really, like, considered what that means for their life. Maybe they, it, it was all just, like, they were just brought along with it. And then the, the other alternative is that they're they're on this journey and God like we don't know that like like Jeremiah God knows the plans he has for them but we don't know so maybe they're in Babylon maybe they're in exile at the minute maybe maybe they're still God's people but they've they've wandered off and God still fully has a plan to bring them back and he's still going to redeem them and he's still going to he's still going to guide them uh, even when we which I kind of kind of feels like it's a little bit judgmental as well when we look at their lives, um, and we and we make that judgment, right? Because just coming to church doesn't make you a Christian, and not coming to church doesn't make you not a Christian. 
so yeah, we don't know what what their relationship with God is uh, in their own private world either. Well, you can kind of it is a bit judgmental, judgmental. but yeah. but you can kind of observe with your own eyes and see if someone is growing fruit, right? But I was reminded that so when people ask me that question, you know, why is that person no longer a Christian? I sometimes I explain it as it's like the parable of the prodigal son. Maybe that that person's like just exploring the world before they come back. But I'm also reminded of the parable of the sower, the four different Mm. types um, where the seed grew. So like you got the shallow ground um, where, you know, it will grow quickly, but they eventually abandon their faith during trial and temptation as, you know, that comes as quickly as they grew. And then you've got um, the path where, you know, the people that didn't understand the word of God and the evil one comes through birds to snatch them away. Um, that's also a possibility, or it could be choked up through the thorns, the worldly desires. And so that's why, in my opinion, the answer or it can... could land on unfertile soil. Or, and, yes, and, and, yeah. ideally. Um, if it does land on fertile soil, then no, you can't lose your salvation. Did the other three ever have it, though? That's the question. Mm, good question. Did the other three places the rock the path and the thorns ever have salvation well they ended up because growing that parable says the word of god right yeah the word of god there there was some element of growth but has it really taken root and that's what i think that hebrews verse is about when you've like truly fully taken received root. the knowledge yeah yeah it, it's not just about like hearing these words like you need like have like when you're evangelizing someone, when you're when you're telling someone about who has like no understanding of the gospel, mm. like it, you often get to the point where you go like, like I do bad stuff sometimes. Do you do bad? You do bad stuff, right? Like like I said to you earlier, right? Uh, and and sometimes people will go, No, I think I'm a pretty good person. Actually, a lot of the time they'll say, No, I'm a pretty good person. True. And you, like and even even when you start to break it down, you can be like, Oh yeah, but like you know, do you ever like have you ever hated someone or like, do you ever, um, do you ever want something that somebody else has and and stuff? Um, even then some people are, are are in denial about it when that's like quite a, clearly a, a provable fact when we can look at the world. Yeah. And, and so I I think, I think people, yeah, people, people aren't aware of their own situation. Like even if you're in that, that, um, that zone of saying, oh, you know, I don't believe in God. It, it doesn't mean that, that you can't hear the gospel message and understand it, but I think most people do not understand the implications of it when they hear it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that includes people in church as well. Can you imagine not being a Christian then? That is a hard question um, to, to wrestle with. Can I imagine, if you mean, can I imagine, like, not believing in god then yeah i think i can imagine not believing in god and i guess i could imagine like how that would affect my life you wouldn't you wouldn't have met your wife (laughs) well yeah yeah i wouldn't have met my wife i wouldn't even be in birmingham you neither same with you yeah well you wouldn't have met us yeah that's true sad 
to be honest, I, I really can't imagine that not being a Christian because to me, sometimes I, I see the non-Christians and I wonder how, how are they like, how can they have like live life not hoping mm. in something? And it really is about hope, isn't it? Yeah. Like, where where is their hope? Oh, like, what's it built on? Rainbows? <laughs> Fluffy clouds? No, it's, it's, it's built on, like, these these flimsy... The flimsy world. Like, it's it's built on... Their security. Or, yeah. Job stability, money, success, comfortable lives. Yeah. But the sad thing is there's Christians like that <laughs> as well. Yeah, and... and Without, like, we we absolutely can't be making statements about individuals. Like, we, we can't be pointing at people in chairs and saying, hey, that person doesn't look yeah, like they're I know, really a Christian. Like, um, but what are we going to do about it, Ben? What are we going to do? When we talk about, like, it as a hypothetical, then we can definitely say that lots of lots of people who profess to be Christians don't appear to be showing fruit. And and so by that, you we could maybe infer that Maybe they need to take another look back at, at what it is that they're saying that they're believing in, you know? So I think it's a, I think it's a really good question. And it, it, I think when we have these difficult theological questions, it's not really about the, the theology, but it's about the, the implications for the people that we love, right? Like it's the motivation behind this question is we, we want to know that, on, that our friends who are Christians who have stepped away if they've actually accepted Jesus, we want to know that we're going to see them in heaven. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, right, Ben, there's a lot of people that, you know, come to church, um, but, you know, they may not be showing fruit. Sometimes I really want to challenge them. Like, why is that so? But I know it's not for us to do that we can do that to an extent but actually fundamentally it is god who convicts the holy spirit convicts them and challenges them to move and we can only pray yeah and you know it's it's um none of us are going to get to heaven by not sinning like because we're not going to be able to be that perfect Mm. so so it's all about acknowledging that we are broken yeah and accepting who we are in Jesus, like it's it's coming to Jesus, right? Um, and the response of that, you're you're right, is like if we've accepted what what Jesus, the Son of God, has done for us, and we've accepted that we are completely um, unable to help ourselves, then why would we then turn around and and live a life so focused on the superficial and um, so focused on on pleasure or on uh, temporary mm. satisfaction yeah and and yeah and and keep on sinning like it says or or um yeah deliberately deliberately pushed grace um like paul says in romans like shall we keep on sinning by no means no we shouldn't be we shouldn't be like testing the boundary of of um of limitless grace we should be we should be saying okay now i've now i have this i'm thankful and we should be turning back and, and living a life of worship. So what's our plan of action then, Ben? What's our take-home point? In terms of, as us, that, you know, as what we said, we are sure of our own salvation, those that are saved, um, between me and God, right? Yourself. Um, 
what are we going to do about those that could potentially leave the faith or those that aren't necessarily practicing Christians? So what we call in um, Christian terms, nominal Christians. What are we going to do? Like, how can we active Christians or those that want to be more active? What can what what should we be doing? If if you um if you saw that your friend's house was on fire uh, and you didn't say anything about it because you were embarrassed or you didn't want to like cause division between them, um, you'd the be a pretty crappy friend. The house on fire is a bit serious. This is serious though, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. This is eternal life. And so if there are, let's start with our friends. If they're your friends. Um, In church or? Yeah. I mean, if they're your friend, like you're, at, you're, you're not like your acquaintance from church or whatever, like. Oh, that person over there is, I know that they're like sleeping around or whatever. So I feel like they're like, if you're, if you're in a judgmental, judgmental mode, then um, you need somebody else to, to do this for you. But if it's your friend and you're, and you're thinking, what happened to you? Like you used to be so on fire and you're not anymore. Like it's our responsibility to, to talk to them about that. Like to, to actually what, confront them and rebuke them. No, not confront and rebuke them to come alongside them and say, Hey, like, what's going on, like, with your relationship with God? Like, f- forget about, like, the sin, because the sin is, that is between them and God. Mm. But actually c- come at it from a, like, hey, I've not seen you around for a while. Like, mm. why is that? And, like, the, people will tell you. Like, they will, they'll, they'll happily say, oh, you know, like, I don't believe that anymore. Or, or like, you know, I've just been distant or whatever. And then mm. you've opened you've opened the conversation, and and because because they uh they used to know, uh, or because they know know the story of the gospel, it's it's much easier to say like, well, you know what I think, right? Like you know that, like I still believe that, and that means that I think that you're in danger of not going to heaven, and I don't want that, and like that's that's a fairly like nice way have <laughs> conversation to have. You don't have to re-explain everything to them, but you can say. I want to see you in eternity. I don't want to see you separated from God. And they, they will understand what you mean, even if they say that they're not believing at that point. And that's, I guess, that's, that's all we can do. We can tell them and then we can pray for them. Mm. It's hard. It was really hard. But we have that hope, right? We have that hope that, you know, if you, if you really did believe at one point in your life, no matter where you are, it, like no matter how far away you've strayed, we know that they can that God's going to call you home. Yeah. No, you will. You will. Even if they actively chose to walk away. But does that mean like, oh, yeah, I once got baptized, I was saved, I'm now going to choose to keep on sinning? I think those verses that mention that, so Hebrews and, and 1 John, I think that they're kind of making the point that it's ludicrous to think that anybody could be doing that in that what, position. excusing their sin and keep on going to sin? Like, making a choice to turn away from God once... I mean, it gets down to, like, we start, we start really dipping into, like, like, free will predestination kind of thing here because we talk, we're talking about, like, irresistible grace. So is it... Once you have understood what Jesus did for you, mm. is it possible for you to, to be like so selfish to, to give to it all up. or once you once you've understood and accepted it is it possible for you then to like unaccept it to give the gift back i i don't think it is 
so I think it's kind of a it's a tricky one because it's then you then like oh well what about that person over there who's having an affair does that mean that they definitely weren't a Christian ever or like does that you know um and it it's also nebulous but we do know that that Jesus died for us he died for all every one of our sins um and that he loves us and he wants what's best for us so I think we can hold on to that hope we can have that faith that he will do the the right thing and the just thing I think for me it's um for the people in our lives that are either nominal Christians or have walked away is to still have those conversations with them and still be that friend. Not in a judgy, judgmental, shout at you, rebuke type of way, but instead to be like, actually, I still want to man- maintain this friendship, even though, you know, you may not be coming to church anymore, but can we still keep in touch? Um, and I think that is by far m- definitely fruitful, more fruitful than, you know, like cutting them off in your life because you know oh I need to excommunicate from them because you know they no longer believe or which is what a lot of cults like JWs and Mormons they do that they excommunicate you when there is apostasy when they when someone turns away from the faith and I think that is more that does more harm than good um but I know for a fact that for us, their story is left is still not finished, right? Um, and you don't know how God can still use you in those conversations in the future. So for me, the practical element of that would be to still remain hopeful and still be prayerful over this friend who has walked away and still reach out and let God use you. Even if they keep rejecting you, even if they keep hurting you and saying offensive things, it's still an act of, I'm going to still choose to love them. I'm still going to choose to pray for them. Even if, you know, you're no longer communicating because they've closed you off. Um, You know, they've shut the door in your face many a time. Like, Like, realistically, you know? And I think it's still important to still pray for that person. Pray a blessing over them, yeah. Yeah, and like, look at look at what Israel did, like with the oh, in the Old Testament. Yes. How many times did they did they step away, and how many how far did they get? Yeah. Um, before God brought them back, like it's we can um we can we can look into someone and I guess judge their life and say, um, wow, what they're doing is so far away from God. But like, yeah, like Israel did basically everything, and and they still came back. Like they were still brought back, um, because that's what he wants for us. Can mm-hmm. I end with uh with the last like paragraph it. from from the last battle? This book is so good. Um, I think you should read it. Okay. This week or to start with. Can we cut straight know, to the order, the end the book, order. or do we do we need to read it all in its entirety? I mean, it makes more sense in in its entirety. Oh, it's really it's, okay. It's seven books, but they're kids' books. Like, I'm reading them to my five year old. I think, I think you, you listeners will be okay, and you, Ansi, with an English degree, will be fine. <laughs> uh, but the problem is with kids' books, sometimes it's too simple. No, just read it. Like, it's so good. This book, this book just fills me with hope. It just reminds me of what, what, 
of what it's going to be like. Like, okay, just a, get to it's it. A, it's an allegory, but it's so good. Um, <laughs> just get to it. Okay. So Aslan says, the term is over. The holidays have begun. The dream is ended. This is the morning. It was like that verse that we read earlier, right? And as he spoke, he no longer looked to them like a lion. But the things that began to happen after that were so great and beautiful that I cannot write them. And for us, this is the end of all the stories. And we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now at last they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. Nice. It's just so good. Like, I can't read that book without smiling. Um, and I was reading The Magician's Nephew, the first one, or the first, the prequel uh, to Sophie earlier. Um, and it talks about Aslan creating the world with this song. And again, it's just like this imagery is, is just great. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, please send feedback to abside at thebceasy.org.uk. I hope we get feedback this week. I feel like we've said some potentially controversial things. So, um, Are people actually please, listening? If, you're, <laughs> if you agree or disagree, um, let us know. Like We can talk. We know that we've only scratched the surface of these uh, topics. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear back from you. We'll see you next week. Bye.